0: nights as well. So let me preach to you this morning, and I will be mindful of the time. Why can't I have peace? Why can't I have peace? Now, at first, I might be looking like I'm breaking one of the preaching rules, because they tell you in preaching school, if there is such a thing, that uh, you should never use a title that is negative. Your title should always Convey hope, and it should be encouraging. So I debated on this title: Why can't I have peace? But before we end the service, we're going to say it in a different way, and we're going to say, "Well, why can't I have peace? Why can't I have peace?" So I'm not breaking the preaching rule, uh, after all. Don't tell Brother Murkovich or anything this morning. But why can't I have? Peace. I am reminded of a story of a lady who had all of these kids, kind of like the the lady with the, that lived in the shoe and had so many children. She didn't know what to do, and I reminded that she couldn't find time of peace and quiet, and she would just take her apron and pull it up over her head and use that time as her quiet time with God, so that she could have peace. Maybe you have said as a mother sometimes, "Why can't I have any peace?" and quiet. Maybe you have thought when your spouse has gotten a little chatty at times, why can I not have any peace or quiet? Or maybe at the workplace. I know when I worked in the schools, there were days that you walked into the building and there were people in your face from the time you got there until the time you left and you said, why can't I have any peace or quiet? But there is a peace That is greater than any external peace that we could ever think about. There is an internal peace that can come in our hearts through Jesus Christ. Through the helping of the Holy Spirit. And that internal peace is not contingent upon external peace. If we aren't careful as Christians... We can think, well, I will have peace after God solves this problem. Or we think, I will have peace as soon as this situation is over. But I'm here to propose to us this morning, and we're going to talk about some of the things that Jesus has said to us. Peace does not tie to our circumstance. Peace does not come from what's happening around us. Peace is on the inside. And I can have and you can have an abiding peace through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we lean upon the promises and the principles of the word of God and the hope therein. And we can have an abiding peace on the inside regardless of what is happening on the outside. Jesus modeled that for us that night when they were all on the boat and the storm was surrounding them and the disciples were all to pieces and Jesus was the picture of peace up under the stern of the boat snoring, sleeping right in the storm. But I believe that same peace can be in our hearts and in our lives through Jesus Christ. As I preach this morning we're, we're I can't seem to get away from this little passage of chapters in John. John 13 through 17 where Jesus is talking for the last time to the disciples before he goes to the cross. I encourage you, if you maybe jot it down or take a note, put it on your phone or something, maybe read this week, John 13 through 17, and insert yourself into the dialogue. He's talking to the disciples, but he's also talking to you and to me. This beautiful passage of about, what, four four or five chapters right there of this dialogue that Jesus is having to them. We've talked about a lot of this. He, during that conversation, he got down and he washed their feet, even knowing that Judas would betray him and Peter would deny him and the rest of them would abandon him. But yet he got down and washed their feet. And in that conversation, he shared with them the last supper and he broke the bread and they drank of the cup and he was showing them That he was headed to the cross, his very body would be broken, his very blood would be spilled. But mixed throughout all of this, he tells them of the hard times that are coming their way. The hard challenges that they would all face. But he continually mixes that narrative with his love. He continually mixes that narrative, that discussion with his promises. He continually mixes that narrative with the promise of the Holy Spirit who he was going to send to them. He continually mixes that conversation with his hopes and prayers and aspirations for them. He ends that conversation with a beautiful prayer as Christ Himself could only pray as He prayed for them and He prayed for us of all believers. It is a picture, I believe, of that beautiful priestly prayer that He prays for us even now as He is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for us, interceding for us. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage or passage is. But in the middle of all of those passages, he continually reminds them of the troubles that they will face in this life. And he reminds you and me of the troubles we will face. He reminds us that people will not always like us because of the sake of Christ. He told them basically, you're going to get killed for my sake, but you're going to have peace while it happens. Isn't that something? Isn't Isn't that a precious thought? You know, sometimes we get worried today. Thinking about persecution might be on the way for the church or for Christians. And we think, will there come a day when we have to go to jail for Christ? Or will we have to give our lives for Christ? Well, tell us this. If it ever comes, we'll have peace that passes all understanding on the inside. Because he's promised us that. Whatever might come your way this week, we can have his abiding peace in our hearts and lives. Let me read you two passages of scripture that this sermon is based on this morning. John 14, 26 and 27. Right in the middle of this conversation, he says, But the Helper, now this is Jesus speaking, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace. Somebody say, Peace. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Can I tell you this morning, as your pastor, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid? And then I want to go over to Ephesians 5 8 through 10. Another scripture that ties in with this sermon this morning. You could also reference Galatians chapter 5 that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe someday down the line we'll preach on some of that too. But Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. I have a picture of fruit this morning. Went out into my vineyards and orchards and picked these things this week. (laughs) Jill, you don't believe that. Happy birthday, Jill. 25, happy birthday. But there's a picture of fruit this morning. And When I did a little bit of research on fruit earlier this week, I found out that fruit grows in all different kinds of environments, all different kinds of conditions, in all different kinds of places. Fruit can grow on bushes. Fruit can grow on vines. Some fruit grow on branches. And I thought about that spiritually speaking when the Holy Spirit wants to give us different types of fruit in our lives. There are different ways that those fruit may grow in our lives. And so sometimes we might be in a season of life and we're like, Why is this happening? Why is everything so tough right now? Or, or why is this happening this way? And I, or I'm confused. But many times the Lord is taking us through a season that might seem different because He's cultivating a different fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So so sometimes we have spiritual bushes, I guess. Sometimes we have spiritual vines, I guess. Sometimes we have spiritual branches, I guess. But God is always working in our lives regardless of what is happening in our lives. If we will allow Him, He will cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our hearts and our lives. God is always at work in the rain, in the sun, in the storm, in the times of calm. God is working and the Holy Spirit is producing the various fruits that are the byproduct of a spirit-filled life. How do we get started with walking in peace? First, we need to eliminate the conflict. I put a picture on of -of tug-of-war. Eliminate the conflict. One of the greatest functions or ministries of the Holy Spirit is that he draws us to Jesus Christ. Apart from Christ, there is a conflict in our hearts and in our lives. The the enemy is pulling us one way, wanting us to live in sin, wanting us to live without God, trying to blind our minds and our hearts to the truth. On the other side, the Holy Spirit is pulling and tugging at our hearts and saying, come to Christ and live. Come and know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Can I just remind us this morning that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ? The only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ? Can I just... Did, did I, did, that should, should go without saying, right? But I think sometimes we need to... These days, put it out there again. When I have a family member who tells me last night that they were at a memorial service recently and the pastor who was retired from a mainline denomination made the comment that Jesus said in my father's house are many mansions. One translation says rooms. And he said, you know, I don't know exactly how she believed, but Jesus said he had many different rooms. Well, if the pastor, the dear retired man, had taken time to study the entirety of the passage, he would have seen in that same conversation, Jesus told the disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. I don't mean to be intolerant this morning, but we've got to stand on the truth of the word of God. Amen? Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. And we must eliminate the conflict in our lives as the enemy and, as in, and this world and this society is trying to pull us further and further. And unfortunately, even some of the church world now is trying to pull us further and further away. The Holy Spirit still draws us to salvation. The Holy Spirit says, still says there is a Christ who died for you, who died for me, who can save our souls and change our lives. And if you're here this morning or if you're watching online, the best decision you will ever make is to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen this morning. So the Holy Spirit draws us to salvation and helps eliminate that conflict in our lives Next, he eases the irritation. Now, that, that was quite the picture for me to choose when you're talking about irritation, right? It would be difficult to be irritated right there as if I'm sitting there looking at those blue waters. and um, You think the ocean front will look that good for me next weekend, uh, Mr. B, when I go? But you know, regardless of how nice the surroundings might be, if we don't have peace on the inside we do have irritation. You know, it can be beautiful. Everybody around us can be beautiful. We can all be singing Kesara, and all, all those beautiful songs. But on the inside, if we don't have peace with God, then it's not beautiful. And sometimes as we live this life, we feel irritation. Sometimes we wonder how to live. But I'm reminded from John 14 that Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name, what will he do? He will teach you all things. Sometimes we're irritated in living life because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us how to live. What does he do? Also, he brings to remembrance all the things that Jesus has said to us. That speaks to me that says, I need to know the Word of God. And you need to know the word of God. Can I say this as a pastor? And I'm saying it with love and I'm saying it to myself too. But if the only time we're exposed to the word of God is for an hour on Sunday morning, that's not enough. It's not enough. We need to know the Word of God, and we need to be students of the Word of God. There are apps now that we can listen to the Word of God. There are so many study Bibles, so many resources, so so much accessibility. There's not any excuse for any of us. We need to be reading and listening and studying and knowing God's Word. And here's what I believe. The more of God's Word that we know... And the more we allow the Holy Spirit to help us understand his word, the less irritation we'll have in our lives. Now, notice I didn't say the fewer problems we'll have in our lives. Did you get that? Now, everybody's like, oh, rats. Man, oh, I thought read three, three, three chapters a, a day and what it? eat an apple a day, keep the doctor away, read three chapters a day, keep the devil away. You thought, oh, yeah, yeah, well, okay. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the more of the Word of God we have in our hearts and minds, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and to bring things to our remembrance, the more that on the inside we can have peace regardless of what the problem or situation is because we'll have more discernment. We'll have more understanding of how God works in our lives and how He works in this world around us. That's why Christians a lot of times those in the world that don't know Christ are wringing their hands and and they're stressed and they're they're confused. But Christians can have peace because we understand from the word of God what God is doing in our world and what God is doing in our lives. And so we can ease the irritation by getting more of the word in us. More word, less frustration. More word, less frustration. I like that. More word. Less frustration. Okay, i got to stop doing that, but I enjoy it. More word, less frustration. (laughs) So let the Holy Spirit guide us through the word of God. So let the Holy Spirit help us eliminate the conflict, surrender, yield to God. Let the Holy Spirit help us ease the irritation by by increasing the knowledge of the word of God in our lives. And then thirdly, let the Holy Spirit erase the noise. Erase the noise the noise, sometimes we need to push the mute button, right? There are so many voices, externally and internally. And sometimes we just need to say, all right, Holy Spirit, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the Lord. I want to get in the Word. I want to get in church service. I want to hear good worship songs. And I'm going to push the mute button so let me ask you this morning, even as I ask myself, what are those things throughout the week, those noises that we're allowing into our hearts and our minds that we need to push the mute button on? I can give you a personal example. I was a news junkie. I love news because I love government and politics and all those things. That's what I did when I, in my undergraduate stuff was social studies and taught social studies. And so I used to just watch it all of the time that wasn't healthy and I've pushed the mute the mute. I've pushed the mute button on that I don't listen to as much news I get my information and then I try to move on and and maybe you're in this house this morning and you feel anxious and stressed all day and maybe it's because you have CNN running or Fox News running all day And maybe you ought to push the mute button. I'm not trying to tell you what to watch. You do what you want to do. But you know what I'm saying? There are things that maybe where it's just some of these noises that are getting into our hearts and our lives that maybe we ought to push a mute button. Sometimes maybe we're listening to uh, country music and they're talking about somebody's boots under somebody else's bed and somebody's dog that's died and and a car that ran off the cliff. And, And maybe sometimes we ought to push the mute button and put in some good worship music or some old hymns. Am I preaching all right this morning? I'm not trying to meddle. I'm just trying to help this morning. (laughs) Some things we should maybe push the mute button. On the inside. And I keep saying this. I think it's the third week I've said this. But I really think the Lord wants me to emphasize this. And sometimes it's the noise on the inside. Our self-talk. And I don't know. Maybe there's somebody in this 9 a.m. service, maybe there's somebody in 11 a.m. service. Maybe it's somebody that's been watching us online, and they just need to hear me say this, I guess, for the third time. Get off of that hamster wheel of self-talk that the enemy so desires us to have. We criticize ourselves, we question ourselves, or, or we're, we're worried about something, and, and we just constantly, that unhealthy self talk just over and over and over and maybe we just need to take authority over that in the name of Jesus and say in Jesus name I'm pushing the mute button and when those thoughts start coming into our minds again maybe we say we replace those with a scripture maybe we replace those with a song maybe we replace those with a prayer we push the mute button on the noise when we push the mute button on the noise, when we get ourselves in a position where we can hear clearly the Holy Spirit, He guides us when making decisions. And then that, the byproduct of that is peace. When the Holy Spirit, when I know and I have known many times in my life, I have known that the Holy Spirit has guided me in the decision-making process. And when I know that, I have increased peace. If he'll do that for me, he'll do that for you. If he's done that for me in the past, he'll do that for me in the future. Push the mute button on the other noises and listen to God and his word. And allow him to guide us. The proverb said what? Acknowledge him in all of our ways and he will direct our paths. And I've prayed that many times when I've had decisions through the years. And he always has come through for me. Erase the noise let the Holy Spirit guide you. I want to close with a story this morning. There's two pictures that I want to show you. There's one. Do you think peaceful right there when you see that, that picture? Do you see Bentley back there with the fishing rod back in the right yellow shirt on? Hit, hit the other picture, please, please. Do you think peace right there? Don't really, don't really think peace in that picture, do you? Maybe, maybe flip it back to the first one, and we'll, we'll probably go back and forth a few minutes. It's kind of like at the optometrist when they're adjusting the things. We'll go back and forth. There was a king one day, and it's just kind of a made-up story, I guess, a fable. But the, the king had this big contest, and he wanted to see who could paint for him the most peaceful painting To put into his palace. And so, probably thousands of people painted their pictures and submitted them to the king for his contest. And finally, the king narrowed it down to these two paintings. Can we see the next one again? He narrowed it down to those two paintings. And his theme was the most peaceful painting. You say, well, why did he have that one in the top two? And that's what one of his advisors asked him. They said, king, I understand choice one, but why is this your other choice and you're going to choose between these two? The king said, look back into the middle of the painting. And he said, up under the rock there is a nest and there is a mother bird Who is peacefully guarding her little ones in the middle of this storm. And it was a picture to him of peace. Now I want to ask you this morning. Don't look too closely because I don't have the exact picture. But but just just see those birds back there. That's as close as I could get. (laughs) Go back to that first one please. point I want us to get this morning. So many times as Christians, we tie peace to what's happening around us. Too many times in my own life and all of us, we say, okay, I'll have peace when everything looks like that. But the type of peace that Christ gives to us, please go to the next one, is the peace that looks like that. It's when we find ourselves in the cleft of the rock. Boy, there's a, <laughs> there's a scripture and a song for that. When we find ourselves in the cleft of the rock where he covers us with his hand and hides us there. And we're in peace when everything else looks like that. That's the kind of peace that Christ has for me. That's the kind of peace that Christ has for you. Would you stand with me this morning? Your life might feel like that this morning, but as a child of God, you can still know his peace until brighter days come, until... Clearer skies come. I want to know his peace. Regardless of the external. I want his peace on the inside. So my prayer for you this morning. As we have already prayed in this altar together. As we have heard the the word that the Lord put on my heart for you today. There is a song that says sometimes he calms the storm. But sometimes he calms me. And I want you to know that the peace of God is with you. Regardless of what is around you. And sometimes the sweetest peace and the sweetest fellowship can be found when everything else looks like that. But on the inside, we know Christ is with us. And he's loving us. And he's holding us up with his grace and his mercy. And the Holy Spirit is fellowshipping with us right there in the storm. Would you bow your head and let's pray together this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have met with us today. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that has reminded us that you're with us and you love us. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful, really, several chapters in the book of John, chapters 13 through 17, that you talk to the disciples, but you really talk to us. And you talk about the Holy Spirit, and you talk about peace, and you talk about this world around us. But, Lord, you just, you just give us so much hope in those passages. And I pray, God, that somebody will just dig into those passages this week and get something out of them and study them and read them. I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch every one of us before we leave this house and remind us of your peace, that you are with us, you are with us always. You'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. Thank you for the helper, the Holy Spirit, who teaches us and guides us in our decision and in living for you. So, Lord, we just leave very peaceful, very hopeful today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. This altar is open for you if you want to come and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you want to come and receive prayer today, this altar is open. But let the Lord give you peace. Amen. Let's pray and worship as they sing.